0: What's going on, everybody? This is James Grandmaster, Facts Boys, and you are here for another episode of the Facts Project. Today, special guest, Matthew David Rudd. You may know him from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. You will know him from Tower of God. You will know him from Jujutsu Kaisen. Thank you for being here. Thank you. This is is actually a long time coming, so this is special.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Thank you for having me. Uh, I was telling you before we started recording that uh, I'm a huge fan of yours. I think we're I think you and I are part of like this dying breed of people that read comics before, like the MCU. This is true. You know what I mean? And I, I found a camaraderie in, in your stuff online where it was like you're referencing things that I grew up with and, and comparing them to the MCU. And it, anyway, uh, it's really it's a pleasure to be here.
0: I appreciate you, man, because uh, <laughs> because the one thing I I do revolve myself around a lot of things that are based on nerd culture. And uh-huh. people, people that tend to fit themselves into the mold of nerd culture as they are, somebody like yourself that has made it a profession mm-hmm. has definitely just made it more nuanced that people like us that are actual nerds outside of this can actually do the shit inside. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for real. So what, what drew a young man from Albuquerque, New Mexico, to actually, like, get into voice acting and wanting to basically, like... Um, not only act, voice act, but jump into the world of anime, uh, animation and just Hollywood as a whole. Uh,
1: well, really my origin story is all about art. Um, like I said, I grew up a comic book fan. Uh, I went to school for illustration. I wanted to be a comic book artist. Uh, that, that was my, my first dream. Um, you know, so, so uh, growing up in New Mexico, there was a lot of Native American and a lot of uh, Hispanic culture around me a lot of really cool black and white artwork that I was seeing uh, all the time. And I think that really kind of influenced me into into wanting to go into the art world. Um, when I went to, uh, when I went to art school, it was, uh, let's see, 2003 is when I started uh, art college. and. Uh, you know, I was really into comic books. I was, you know, reading all the Ultimate X Men. I was reading Kickass. I was reading all that sort of stuff, and I really wanted to be a part of that world. Um, which is why I chose uh, illustration. Nice. And uh, and while I was at art school, uh, I I really started doing filmmaking as well. Um, had a lot of friends that were taking film classes. So when you're when you don't have money to pay for actors, you you become the actors. This true. Yeah, so that's kind of that's kind of where I started uh, as far as, you know, acting in front of the camera. Um, it, it was in art school. And then after after art school, you know, continuing that um, I lived in Austin, Texas for a while, which had a, a really cool indie art scene. Um, I was able to do some some cool shows like um, American Crime and uh, Queen of the South. Yeah. Uh, they shoot they shot in and around Austin and Dallas. Um and really, you know, I kind of skipped ahead, but I I don't really have, I've thought about this a few times. I don't really have a moment where I decided I wanted to be an actor. Mm. Um, I mean, I grew up, uh, you're going to hear this a lot tonight, but like comic books was my big thing and, and watching cartoons as a kid, like Batman, the animated series and things like that. I mean, I knew who Kevin Conroy was. I knew who Mark Hamill was, you know, even, even, even more so than Luke Skywalker. I knew him as the Joker. Right. And, uh, so that was always just something in my head that like, you know, there are artists that are involved in these things, there are voice actors that are involved in these things, and we can kind of come together and make really cool projects. Um, so, so, I mean, throughout the years, I just, I don't know when I started auditioning, but I just wanted to be part of that. And, and I found an agent in, in Austin, Texas, when I was living there. And then when I moved out to LA, I got, I got representation in LA. Um, just, you know, and just doing my thing, you know, continuing, continuing on whatever path it t- you know, the world takes me.
0: Yeah. Now, did you think that anime was going to be in that fold? Was anime a part of this kind of like uh, interest value that basically when somebody like passed you the role to be like, hey, you know, you could do vo- voiceover acting uh-huh. or for anime for anime for Japanimation? Uh, yeah, were you yeah. like, yeah, hey, fuck yeah, I would I would definitely love to get
1: involved <laughs> with that. Uh yeah, so so uh, so, fifteen-year-old Matt Rudd uh, yeah. was the biggest Dragon Ball Z fan oh. in the entire universe. Like everyone in my family knew that, like, because it was tsunami, it was like seven p.m. or whatever. Everyone in my family knew that at seven o'clock, or I think uh, seven o'clock is in my head for some reason. But at that time, I was going to be in front of the TV. I was going to be watching, you know, Goku grunt for like seven hours while he was making a spirit bomb, mm-hmm. and. Uh, <laughs> You know so so short answer to your question is is yeah I, w- I was big into anime like when it was first coming over you know the the bits and trickles that would come in through toonami and we you know we get to see gundam and and dragon ball z and stuff like that right um and so yeah it became pretty clear when i moved when i started doing this full time uh, when i moved out to la that that was a a thriving business. I mean, the, the, there's just so there's so much more anime now than there was when I was a kid. This is true. Um, yeah. And, and so that's where the job, the jobs started coming. And, and they've continued, you know, up until this point, it's, it's a pretty, like I said, there's so much of it. It's a pretty consistent gig at this point for me.
0: Yeah, because like as we're looking at it now with the acquisition of Funimation and Crunchyroll uh-huh. merging as to one company, it's almost like anime has become its own little machine. It's almost a worldwide yeah. phenomenon at this point.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's been interesting. I've had this conversation. I've been going to conventions a lot lately because of the anime work that I'm doing. And to have this conversation with people, you realize that, um, that anime is a genre now. Mm -hmm. It's not like, it's not like a part of animation. It's like with, within its own genre, there's sports anime, there's magic anime, there's, you know, you know, there's different or different subject matters within. And and I'm saying that wrong. Anime is a medium is what I meant to say, not a genre. There are different genres within the medium. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was growing up, it was like, Oh, this is, this is a part of the animation genre, but now no, it's its own medium. It's own, its own thing, you know? Yeah. And I, I can even say the same thing, because most of the animes that I grew
0: up watching, whether it was like General the Wolf Brigade or Vampire Hunter D or uh-huh. th- those t- those type of uh those type of animes, like you see some of the, the more nuanced ones now where they're they're adding comedy el- elements to it. There's a lot more sports uh-huh. elements to it. Uh, Baki was basically like based on like uh, MMA style and like uh, almost uh-huh. boxing in, in a sense. Yep. But then, you know, they're adding like characters to them where you you have this diatribe of like different type characters. That's not just human beings in it. There's the the alien world. Shoot. Even you play a panda in Jujutsu. Right. And, you know, so it's like right. a, a very fierce one, by by the way, that
1: has a lot <laughs> of comedy elements. So, yeah, so. yeah, I but, see, and, and then Tower of God. There's a there's like an anthropomorphic uh, alligator that I play. You know, it's like, yeah, it's its thing. <laughs> I want to corner. I want to corner the mark the market on like uh, warrior animals, right in the anime world. Well,
0: see, it's it's good that you said that because one of my questions was: Is there a such thing as typecasting in voice acting?
1: Oh yeah. Um. So, so I work with several different studios, right? Um. You know, there there's one studio that handles. So let's say Funimation is its own studio, right? Crunchyroll mm-hmm. was a studio before, but within those um, those production houses, they uh, they send out projects to different uh, recording studios to record projects. So it's not all done in-house. Some of it's done by other recording studios. And so depending on the studio that, that I'm getting the audition from or getting, sometimes you get autocast. Like they say, oh, you'll be perfect for this role. You know, we just want you to come in. You don't even have to try out that sort of thing. But right. depending on what studio it is, uh, yeah, I definitely have certain casting directors that I know, okay, if they're asking me to do a voice, they want this type of voice, you know, mm. if I try to do something different, they're like, Oh, uh, no, you try, try to do it the way you did before, you know, and I'm like, okay, I know what you're talking about, you know? Right. So there, there, yeah, definitely there is a little bit of that. And, um, you know, it's, it's not a bad thing. Uh, like, like I said, cause there's a lot of different studios. So a lot of different studios know me for different roles. Um, But yeah, at this point, I mean, I play a lot of big, gruff, yelling, you know, warrior type of guys. And it's partially by my own design. I mean, that's what I like to do. I I think I'm better at that than other things. Um, So, so, yeah, I I feel like I, if I'm, if I'm painted into a corner, I did the painting, you know.
0: Now, to talk about a lot of those menacing characters where you have uh, someone like, like Panda and like, Uh Uh, Rack Wraith Razor, razor. Uh, would you say that they essentially personality wise were somewhat of a similar character personality wise or different?
1: Uh, Between those two specifically, what's interesting is they um, they are from the same recording studio. It's the same recording studio that I'm working with. Um, (coughs) Excuse me. I had to I had to send in an audition for Rock. Rock was the first of the two. Uh, Mm -hmm. and so so we did all of tower of god and then that same casting director just called me up and said hey our next project we've got another character that's going to be good for you so Mm -hmm. i didn't have to i didn't have to audition for panda she was just like okay you got this we're going to have you do it and so yeah in that sense it was hey it's a similar character type we want you to do you know a similar type of thing right you know there's obviously some differences rock is a little bit uh rock's kind of british right he's got a little bit of uh uh, you know, royalty in, in the way he speaks to to people. Um,
0: Very true. The man grew up in a castle.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, so to, to your point, yes. It, again, that's one studio that knows me for doing that kind of big gruff animal thing. And so they're like, hey, you can handle this. Just come on in and do it. Man, now
0: you've actually been a part of some superior animes that have outrageous fandoms when is now when we're talking about jojo's bizarre adventure Uh god jujutsu kaisen which one out of out of those three like which one would you say has the most outrageous fans
1: (laughs) uh jojo's has the most outrageous fans for sure um just to use that specific word yes uh they are like i said at conventions they are the ones that are cosplaying like nobody else um mm-hmm. and it's crazy cuz so my character in JoJo's is only in one episode like mm-hmm. he's not is he's, he's not a huge deal in the show but that's probably the uh the print that people want the most you know the JoJo's fans are so fervent about everything JoJo that they they like my character even though he's just like this short-lived guy in one episode you know Right, and and Leaky
0: Eye Luca. I mean, the the storyline by itself, where he's basically uh telling the story of why he he is named that. You know, he basically oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. he basically got into a fight. He got cut, uh, uh-huh. I guess, and had it has an kind of like an endearing scar amongst his oh, eye wow. to the point where his eye is leaking all of the yep, time. Yep. So that all in its own, even though it's just that one episode, it just kind of created a like uh, I guess. You created a character that people will constantly remember. For, for yeah, yeah, do.
1: he's cool. Like, like I, you know, uh, it's kind of the Batman thing is, you know, you, you die a hero or you live long enough to become the villain. And it doesn't, it's not quite apples to apples because Leaky mm-hmm. Iluca was a villain from the beginning, but he's got such a short uh, story or a short uh, ex- experience on the show, but such a cool story that I think people are, are wanting to know more about him.
0: It's true. It's true. Yeah. Now, are you looking forward to this new installment with uh, stone ocean?
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, not, uh, the least of which because, uh, my, my good buddy is, is the lead in it. Um, oh, wow. She, yeah, she, uh, I've got a lot of friends that are in this, in this season, but, um, but she, the, the girl that got the lead is, is such a huge Jojo fan. She was really uh, trying to get this role for a long time because she knew it was coming, and uh, and all of us, you know, all of us friends, all of us voice actors, we are really, really happy and proud for her that that she was able to land it.
0: That's nice. Wait, what's her name?
1: Uh, Kira Buckland. Kira Buckland. Yeah,
0: dope, man. Now, have you ever met your Japanese counterpart?
1: No, or, like basically, no, I haven't.
0: For for. Uh, Likiai Luka, you have uh, Daiki Hamano, who mm-hmm. also does Luka, but he, he does it in, uh, in Japanese voice voiceover. Right. Work. You've never met any of your Japanese counterparts?
1: No, no. I, you know, someone asked me that at the last convention that we went to, and uh, that would be so cool for me. Like, like I said, I grew up, you know, I grew up with anime and all things j- Japanese and just, you know, loving Japanese culture. And uh, for the most part, I, I grew up watching just the subtitles. I, mm-hmm. I wasn't a big fan of dubs. I think probably you remember when we were kids it wasn't it wasn't the quality that it is now. This is true. <laughs> yeah. So um, but but uh you know that being said there's been a lot of progress in 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 the quality of dubs which I'm happy to say, you know, I don't have to be embarrassed to be a part of these dubs. Um but uh no I would love to meet some of these Japanese voice actors and I I think you know my career has kind of taken off Amidst COVID and all this stuff, and and the world isn't quite as open to us right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could imagine that you know, as as it becomes a little safer to travel uh, over to Asia and everything, I I, w- I would love to be involved in conventions over there that that would allow me to meet some of those people. That'd be dope. That'd I know there that'd... are several. Um, I, I can't think off the top of my head, but I know there are several projects that I've been in where it was the same japanese voice actor for for multiple projects that i was in as you know it was it was, it was i might have been chosen because it was the same voice actor that it, that it was that had done a project before i don't know if it was coincidental or whatever but there are a few voice actors that share multiple roles with me see that just goes to show that
0: there is a such thing as mirror dimensions and it just so happens that your doppelganger right. just happens to live in japan and is doing the same right, things over exactly. overwork as you are <laughs> exactly exactly now, yeah. now what is your opinion on the the weirdly controversial
1: uh dub versus sub you know people try to draw me into that a lot mm-hmm. um and honestly uh you know i say what i just said to you is is i usually watch the sub as well you know it's like uh it's it's a contradiction you know being a dub voice actor but when, when i watch um if i were to watch a, a dubbed anime it would be because i wanted to hear my performance or my friend's performance um it's a it's a really good way for me to learn you know to to listen to what i did and maybe think about what i would do different next time uh, and, and same with my friends you know like watch them and support their career and, and just be excited for them, that sort of thing. Um, but what I'll usually do, because uh, in general, the, the subtitle will come out first. Mm-hmm. I, I know for, for these Crunchyroll originals and, and things like that, we've been doing kind of a simul, simulcast, but there's still about two weeks of, of time between episodes. Um, so I'll watch the subtitle first. Sometimes I'll be able to watch it in time so that I can go into my recording session, kind of knowing what happens in the episode um and and then you know upon second viewing or sometimes with my son my son's young enough that it would be hard enough to or hard for him to uh, read subtitles while he's watching um so sometimes when i'll watch the shows with my son we'll watch it dubbed we're watching naruto right now uh dubbed because he's i mean he's the perfect age for naruto and it's been amazing right um yeah but so so i mean i i don't i don't know I, i don't know why it's controversial um and honestly, you know, for me, I, so I was, a, I was a teacher for a long time. So in the, in the back of my head, I'm always thinking about, you know, accessibility and, and making things available to people with different learning styles or learning disabilities. And honestly, uh, if, you are, uh, if you're not providing like an English voice track for someone who, who can't read or can't keep up with the subtitles or things like that, you know, it, it, closes, it closes the door on a huge fandom, you know, huge fan base um so you know it's it's for me it's it's like the xbox versus playstation thing it's like you know just just do what you want i'm a playstation guy but i'm not going to hate on you for for playing xbox you're probably an xbox guy you know just no, actually <laughs> you know what the <laughs> thing is i haven't played what? a video game in a real long time oh my gosh okay Yes,
0: <laughs> I know. Yeah. So so if I if I'm looking at it now, so you you basically started to indoctrinate your son into watching Naruto. So
1: he's starting on anime early. Now, did he start yeah. on
0: Naruto or did he start on something else?
1: Um, so he loves watching Pokemon and stuff like that. Um, yeah. which for an adult, it's a little bit hard to watch uh <laughs> Pokemon if, if I can say that. Um and so I've been, you know, so you probably remember, like growing up, some of the animes weren't quite as uh, kid friendly as, as they are now or, or the, this is true. you know, the thing the things that we watched as kids, you know, it's a little weird to think about it being a parent now. I'm like, oh, you're not you know, you're not old enough to watch that. I don't know why I was allowed to watch that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm thinking about. so So I thought that Dragon Ball would be a good place to start with him. But like in the first few episodes, like, goku's just running around naked he's like looking at bulma's panties all the time and it's it's like oh man maybe maybe a five-year-old shouldn't be uh watching this right now um but you know a few years later you know we we kind of dabbled in some jujitsu kaizen because uh usually if it's a scene with panda in it it's it's pretty wholesome right um the other the other characters tend to curse and, and and there's a lot more blood and stuff that happens with other characters but when panda's on the screen uh, he can watch it and then um he's uh he's 7 now and so I, I thought like yeah we'll we'll start with naruto and and we'll we'll have some conversations about we we don't use some of these words around other people but uh but right. he's he's taking it pretty good 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 but good. absolutely he's he's totally just a little mini version of me he's he's like naruto's got him hooked right now so it's, it's awesome
0: that's what's up now, has there been any project that you've seen whether it's been this year or maybe in the past that you wish you were a part of?
1: Um I mean there's uh there's a lot of like FOMO, you know, fear of missing out on like everything. Mm-hmm. Uh for I I'm really honestly I'm I'm lucky and I'm really happy with the projects that I have been a part of as far as anime is concerned. I mean, I couldn't ask for a better uh, if people ask me who my favorite character is i say rock uh wraith yeah. um as far as the one that i've played but i couldn't ask for a better character than him or or panda um you know a lot of the, the characters that i've played are are really really cool um the things that i want to be a part of you know that i'm i'm feeling like i'm i'm you're asking you know what do i want to do or like uh you know what do i what i feel like i'm missing out on i i would love to be on some you know disney xd stuff you know some of that kind of thing right. um some american stuff is is kind of what i'm i'm wanting to dip my feet in and it's coming yeah. uh you know more more video game work more uh western animation um but that's that's really where my my sights are set right now uh, i love like i said i love working in anime uh and i want to do it more um but there's there's more, you know, and I keep building on my career and, and broadening things.
0: Yeah, you, you the more you look at it now, it seems like voiceover work is not as um, I guess when when things were like tiered as far as like it yeah. acting and voice acting, you know, like when you hear about like Norman Reed is like joining like the cast of some uh, video game, like right. all of a sudden, like that's the storyline behind it is that he's adding his voice to to the video game. And before, yeah. like when we were kids, you know, we could care less who was voicing the character. We just basically right. play the game. But now with like a lot of video games now having story modes and a lot uh-huh. of bigger storylines that they've pretty much been having, it tends to like go hand in hand when you have like a, a, a big name as far as voice acting behind it, which is, yeah. Which, yeah. Which of course, Leads right into your field. People can just start picking from studios be like, you know what? We really need like some good people behind us because we want the story mode to look good. Like uh, just yeah, recently, absolutely. Guardians of the Galaxy uh, for Square Enix had like this really good story mode for their video game. Right. I didn't play it, but I happened to watch like friends of mine playing. And I was like, it looks <laughs> like I don't play video games. I but it play... looks pretty yeah. good. I was like it looks phenomenal. I was like, it looks like. Like I'm watching a story. Uh-huh. And it, it's almost even though it might be five to ten minute clips of story mode before there's even any type of gameplay, it just looks like they revolve this around putting like episode styled story modes into the video yeah. game, which is cool. Well,
1: yeah, yeah. And even, you know, th- there are lots of aspects to that that I, I think the people that are kind of our age are making those things now. Mm-hmm. And so again the people that grew up with Batman the animated series and all these really cool like intricate stories with with great voice acting I think they are now making the games and making the animation. And so you know we went through our like SpongeBob you know SquarePants kind of kind of stage of animation but I think now now animation in general is kind of going through another resurgence of really cool story uh, stories and and video games of course are are like you know they're getting crazy now. Um, it's uh, I've been lucky enough to be a part of like the final fantasy seven remake. You know, I I grew up on final fantasy seven and it's like, It's like I cannot believe that I am in the thing that I that I grew up playing, you know, you
0: know know how long people waited for that to come out.
1: Oh, I know. I know. (laughs) I'm glad it took this long, though, because if it came out like 10 years ago, I wouldn't be in it, you know. right, Right. right. Now, with the amount of lists that come out year after year after year, usually there's these
0: Batman lists. And I know you talked about it earlier, but Uh Kevin Conroy, do you put him as top three or number one as the top Batman of all time? Even though he's oh, yeah. a voice actor,
1: yeah, number one, um, I, I I'd say pretty easy. I I am, I I think you and I have talked online about about Batman stuff, you know, mm-hmm. in the past, and you know, I I have some, maybe not, uh, mainstream ideas about who who my favorite on screen Batmans were, but but Kevin Conroy is, you know, and the projects he's been a part of is definitely my my Batman, right. I, I I was so happy that uh, the Arkham Knight games came out and really gave kind of an adult. Well, I mean, like like I was saying, the the animated series was always kind of adult and really oh yeah uh, really story driven. But to have the Arkham Knight series kind of age up with me, you know, mm-hmm. and and so playing it as like a twenty five year old, I, I think when it came out, um, it was cool to to play Batman that was made with my favorite characters, my favorite voices for someone my age, you know. Right.
0: Yeah, I remember putting up a clip on I think it was Instagram about uh it was Batman the animated series. It was the episode with Baby Doll, which was the the uh-huh. little girl who couldn't grow up and she had yeah, yeah, yeah. a a doll that basically is a gun that shoots bullets from her eyes. And right. like it of course this couldn't be for kids because literally Batman like hits this little girl full speed with a tennis ball. Right, right,
1: right.
0: <laughs> like, you know, and it ends up being a sad story in the end. But the thing yeah. is, like to to see what kids are growing up with nowadays. Everything's all cute and cuddly and everything like that. We saw right. like some unadulterated raw fighting happening in our game. Yeah. Like when we talk about like Transformers, the the series, like yeah. it was on for four years. They decided to do a movie. Transformers, the movie came out in eighty seven. We had to sit there in the theater after watching four years of Optimus kicking ass. And he
1: died within the
0: first 30 minutes. It was like,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: what, wait, what happened?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no. And and I, you know, I love it. (laughs) I don't know. Like I said, those are the things I grew up with and I feel like have influenced me so much emotionally, you know, as far as my emotional growth. Um, and, and like I said, it's pretty cool now to have children, in this time of resurgence. I I feel like I said, I feel like the people the people that grew up with Batman are now making the animations. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, all the stuff that's come out over the last couple of years on on like I said, Disney XD or or like even the stuff that DreamWorks is doing for Netflix, I can really see the lineage there where it has that storytelling. It has that kind of emotional, you know, heaviness to it that that a lot of those shows that we grew up with had. Um, So it's been fun. Like like I said, I wouldn't want to sit down and necessarily watch Pokemon with my son, but the other stuff that's coming out now, uh, it's been pretty cool.
0: Yeah. I, I, I know for sure. I definitely wouldn't want to sit down with my daughter and watch GI Joe, the movie and watch Duke get a, a spear <laughs> thrown through his heart. Like, right. <laughs> that's, that probably wouldn't be like on my top 10 list. I would right. watch it again. Cause I thought I, I was amazed by that. For when I watched it for the first time, <laughs> but, yeah. um, what, what what do you think of the pros and cons of working in animation? Like uh, you've you've managed to do it now for for a few years. So like what, yeah. what, have, what have, of course have been the pros and cons of it?
1: Well, uh, I mean, there there aren't too many cons other than that. It's kind of an exclusive club. You know, there's only so many spots. Um, it, it's big, you know, the, the industry is big, but there's only so many people that can do all this work. And so that's one of the major cons for people who are are first starting out is it's hard to get into and it takes a lot of work and perseverance. And, you know, you got to have you got to have an ego that's this big because like you're going to the rule of thumb usually is is if you're like a really, really good working uh, actor, you're booking like 10 percent of what you audition for. Mm. So, you know, just to give you kind of an example, um, I mean, I do like 40 or 50 auditions a week. And so you know 10% even as I'm saying that is a high number I say I'm booking more like two or three percent you know of, of what I'm putting out there so All you right. got to have this like you got to have this understanding or, or supreme confidence in yourself that they're they're not saying no to you it's just not the right project for you you know that sort of thing gotcha. um but but the the upside is like there's no end to it I mean uh, like I said I've done some stuff on camera and you always have to worry about what you look like you know how how much weight you put on over the over the winter you know all that stuff is like inherent in the on-camera world and and totally not relevant at all in the animation world as long as you can sound and perform and you know that, that's the thing is it's all about your technical ability as long as you can do the job you're going to get the jobs um Whereas, like I said, on camera, that's not always the case. Sometimes you have to be able to, you know, sometimes you do the job and you get the job, but sometimes you could do the job great, but you're 15 pounds heavier than you should be for this role or, or you're, you know, I I talked, I talked about this with my agents when I first moved out to LA as, you know, people that look like me didn't really get leading roles, you know, until you know, it was a big eye opener when, uh, when Jason Momoa started booking lead roles, it was like, Oh, not that, not that I'm comparing myself to him. I would love to look like him, but it's like, (laughs) like, like, Oh, this is the first time that like. A scraggly beardy tattooed guy, you know, is like a leading character in a show. He's not like a biker or a, or a, you know, henchman or, you know, that sort of thing. And so, you know, it's, there there's a lot to that it's it's a hard it's a harder thing and and there's more red tape and there's more things to figure out if you're working in the on-camera world Mm -hmm. animation there's almost none of that um as long as you can sound like the part you can get the part Mm -hmm. and uh what's nice is over the last few years there's actually been a lot more uh representation happening in in the animation world as well you know it's like for a while and for when we were growing up you know it was like the the same 10 guys you know got the roles and and they you know there were hardly any you know black guys in the in the business there are hardly any any you know people of any sort of ethnic background that, that were in the business and over the last few years since I've kind of started um I've seen a huge uh change in that which is awesome um right so so if if you have a character of Middle Eastern descent or Asian descent or, or any of that. They're actually looking for people who fit those ethnic backgrounds to, to play those characters. Right. Uh, which is wonderful. One, one of my best buddies is uh, I mean, I have some Middle Eastern in my background, but one of my best buddies is actually, you know, Middle Eastern and, and to see the amount of roles that he's been able to, to get that, that he would have never thought that he was going to be able to get over the last few years. It's been, been really cool. You know? Yeah, and that that's
0: absolutely fabulous because the last thing we want is for a lot of voice actors to be, of course, stereotypical in the characters that they right. play. They right. they can't turn into roadblock from GI Joe and just rhyme every every goddamn right. sentence then, that they put out.
1: And that's why I wanted to clarify. You know, I was saying is as long as you can sound like the part, you can do the you can do the part. But that's really kind. You know, you don't want to step on any toes that way. You don't want to sound like a stereotype, like like you said, and and that's been something that's been cool to to see changing over the last few years.
0: So now I've come to find out that a lot of people within the voice acting community are self reliant. They are more they're more so technical than anything. Uh, they produce uh-huh. themselves a lot. So there, there's a lot of equipment that you may have in your house that you yeah, might be if I could turn the a, camera
1: down. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah,
0: like you probably have a lot of stuff because you say you do 50, maybe 50 to 60 auditions a week. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. like, yeah. of course, the equipment that you do to record yourself, to record for those auditions has to come at a cost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you have to and learn just, all these technical aspects of, of your job what has gone into that
1: um so so for me it was kind of a it was kind of a natural progression I, I used to play a lot of music um okay when I was I, I still play a lot of music but so I think one of the reasons I started auditioning for voiceover stuff is that I had microphones and I had recording equipment and things like that um you know, of course, over the years, I have cobbled together better equipment. You know, you make a little money, you get a better microphone, you make a little more money, you get a better, you know, mixer, you know, all that sort of stuff. But um, so for me, again, coming from a technical background as far as art school and filmmaking, I kind of had some of that and I had an interest in that, uh, you know, a little bit of know-how. But for a lot of my friends, especially since COVID uh, has, has come around, like, studio you're not going into studios anymore uh to Mm -hmm. record a lot of a lot of what we're doing is i mean this is my this is my recording studio right here uh i i built this room it's all carpeted and you know all that sort of stuff but i built that knowing that i needed to be able to have a professional sounding space otherwise i wouldn't be getting the jobs right um so as I was saying for a lot of my friends, it's been like, Oh crap, how do I do this? You know, what do I need? What, you know, what's the cheapest thing that I can get that it can get me through to the next job. Um, and for me, I've always been interested in like the tech world. And so it was like, okay, you know, as soon as I can afford this, this is the microphone I want. As soon as I can afford this, here's the, you know, the preamp that I want, that sort of thing, right. uh, which, which means that I have less money hanging around. I'm spending it as soon as I get it. But, um, but yeah, we, we do, um, especially over the last two years, we've had to really become self-reliant and, and be able to do a lot of the stuff. Um, and I, I have friends that didn't quite do that. And, and so like um, some other, some friends on uh, Jujutsu Kaisen actually talked to me a lot about how, you know, the first couple episodes, they were trying to record from home and they were having too much difficulty and everything. So the studios would actually, Uh, make an exception for them they'd you know sterilize everything and and put them in their own room and you know all that sort of stuff so there there are certain people that um that just didn't make the transition as well as others and and so they're still working in studio but but in general uh we're kind of living in a time where uh if you can make yourself a really professional sounding space then you can work you know you don't have to you don't always have to be in los angeles anymore now, now,
0: how is that directed? Like, so you're basically sending in your your scripted takes uh, uh, basically through emails and everything. And then they're starting to go over them and then they chop them
1: and edit them there. Or how how is it doing? No, no, it's actually a lot cooler than that. Um, usually you'll Skype with a director. OK, um, so they're giving you live direction as you go. Uh, you connect with something called Source Connect. So there, there are a couple different programs, but Source Connect is really the the main one that we're using. And, uh, and so a sound engineer can be remotely pulling uh, direct audio from your computer that's not compressed. And it's not, you know, uh, it, it's it's good quality audio is what I'm trying to say. Right. Um, and so it's all happening. And sometimes from three different locations, you know, the director will be in his house, I'll be in my house and and the sound engineer will be in her house or whatever. Mm. um so it's been really cool to to see the industry kind of pivot so quickly to be able to do that because that's just not what was happening before it would be very rare very rare that you would be allowed to record somewhere outside of a studio especially for you know a video game something that's more confidential that sort of thing um but they've been they've had to make some changes you know over the last few years
0: and I guess in the terms of animation, you would you would come to find out that maybe it was easier said than done, that they could do things independently. The animators can be where they need to be to, to put put together panels and do yeah, the yeah. animation. You doing your voice uh, voiceovers can be at home. yeah, <laughs> sound engineer at his house directors at their house. You got you guys are doing Skype. They start piecing things together if they have to do reshoots of certain parts and everything one simple phone call, email or whatever like that, you guys get back on yeah. fly and all of a sudden it just works out. And then when you see in the
1: finished product, you be like, I did 3 quarters of this in my house. Right? I mean all of uh, I can tell you right now, it was about 3 quarters like you said of of Tower of God was from home, mm-hmm. and then all of Jujutsu Kaisen was was from home. Um that was that was all right in the middle of of the pandemic and uh and then we did um what was the next one we did after that? Uh, to Your Eternity is another really good anime that I did with that that studio, and that was all from home. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, think, I think you're right. Uh, they're finding that it's cheaper to do it that way as well. I mean, uh, be, companies were paying, you know, $500 an hour for studio space, and they don't need to do that, really. You know, you can just pay your actor, pay your director, pay your sound engineer, and they're all working from home. It's so, all, about, all about the bottom line. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think, uh, you know, we'll see, we'll check back in, in a couple of years, but I bet you this is the way it goes right. for most projects. The the only things that I've been asked to come in studio for are kind of bigger budget video games at this point. Mm. Um, and I think that's more of, you know, they're worried about surround sound for the new gaming systems and they're worried about, you know, everyone sounding exactly the same because it's a more immersive experience you know, that, that sort of thing Right. kind of, takes precedent when when you're dealing with a big you know triple a video game whereas for you know i i think people also just realize that for the majority of animation kids are watching them on smartphones or you know ipads or whatever and so true the you know unless it's a really big budget project the it's going to be fine you know the audio quality is going to be fine for for what we need you know Now,
0: is there any difference in the recording process Are there things that have to be seen when you're talking about like from a video game perspective, as opposed to an anime perspective? Is there like some, is something more that you have to see with a video game in order to do voiceover work? Or is it essentially the same?
1: Well, um so anime uh, i mean there's a big difference between anime and almost everything else is, you know anime is produced already it's it's made in japan they've already done the voiceover yep. work in japanese and so we're seeing the completed finished product and we're trying to match you know our voices to the to the already animated lip flaps as 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 good as we can you know mm-hmm. and <laughs> like we were saying earlier it's gotten a lot better over the years so Uh, You used to, you know, it used to be kind of the butt of jokes is is seeing the lips flap without the right sounds coming out.
0: I've watched a lot of kung fu movies. Yes, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh,
1: But, you know, it's the opposite for uh, for Western animation. They call it prelay animation where you're recording your voice. You know, sometimes they'll have storyboards or sometimes they'll have, uh, you know, those choppy kind of animatic things. It's just sketches that are moving around and things like that to give you an idea of what the scene is like. Uh, but your your voice is the first thing that's done. And then they record or and then they animate to the performance that you did. Mm. Right. So so Disney projects are recording the voices first, getting the perfect performances and then animating the characters to to work with those performances. Um, and then video games, you know, it depends on what game you're doing, but video games can be a little bit of both. Uh, they take so long to make that a lot of the character modeling, a lot of the character animation and the actions are are done beforehand. Uh, but because it's one of those mediums that you can go back in and tweak, you know, you save the file as a certain type of file and you can go back in and change it. Um, you, you, you get the action animation and then you record your lines and they can kind of f- fix the mouth to do the right thing or, you know, that right. sort of thing. Uh, so it's a little combination of both.
0: Man, that's amazing. <laughs> now, now now something really cool happened. Um so in the past like couple months, uh you actually had the opportunity to join the cast of super crooks, which oh, was yeah. a part was a which was a part of the Millerverse. Now, now Mark Miller, yeah, his uh, I mean doing Swamp Thing, the Ultimates, he did Marvel Knights, Spider-Man, he did the ultimate. Yeah, yeah, there it is right there. <laughs>
1: yeah. So I mean he's Civil of, War. as soon as I got it- yeah as soon as i got cast in that i just went over to my comic book shelf and i was like holy crap he's done everything that i everything you know, you know. so it, it it had to be like this
0: uh i'm not going to say like this surreal moment but it like you've done anime you know now for for the past yeah. few years and then all of a sudden you get the call to be salamander and the utopian like literally mm-hmm. two characters you know with, with yeah. super crooks uh people don't generally like realize that gas <laughs> Jupiter's legacy uh yeah. they're all wanted they're all in the same universe as super yeah. so like for you to get put in this and it was like oh okay I'm jumping
1: into the comic universe yeah how does that feel uh it was so, so let me let me tell you the the experience that I had right because okay. I feel like they they had to have been lying to me just right off the bat or whatever or or trying to keep some sort of secret i got i got the call and it wasn't hey we want you to audition or we want you to come in and play the utopian or or it wasn't any of that it was like oh we're working on a little thing and and we've got some background characters for you to play i was like okay cool you know so we do that kind of work all the time you know there's there's background characters you play or there's whatever and so i i show up to the session had no idea it was Super Crooks. Yeah, you know, it had some it had some code name. Um, had no idea it was super crooks and then uh had no idea I was playing, you know, one of the lead bad guys and and the utopian, you know, it was like right. it, it I was like, and you told me these were background characters? It was, it was you just you're just like uh fooling with me or whatever. But no, I I um I mean, like I said, the you know, it, it was it was full circle for me. I I grew up with ultimate x-men and uh old man logan and you know like some of my favorite comic books were millar comics and then you know i guess those were before he kind of started the the miller verse yeah but um and then not only that like i said i come from an art background and uh frank quietly is one of my he is my favorite comic book artist and Mm. and he did he did jupiter's legacy he didn't do you know uh super crooks but it was just like this whole full, full circle thing for me where it's like first of all the reveal of who i was playing and and what it was for was like super exciting for me and then just to have that moment where i could just literally go to my comic book shelf and be like yeah all these things that i've been collecting over the years mm-hmm. you know it's so cool to be a part of that and to know that um you know to know that there's going to be more i mean i think they've already. Don't quote me on this in case I'm wrong, but I think they've already said they're working on a season two for Super Crooks. They're going to make up, you know, it's going to be a brand new storyline. Um, and to, to know that, you know, I, I would have to imagine that, that there's going to be more utopian in that, you know, and, yeah. and just to know, even though he had a smaller part in Super Crooks, to know that when they go back to the well and uh-huh. they work in his universe again, they're going to come back to me and I'm going to get to do more with that character. It's, it's super cool. Yeah, when that was introduced, like, it came Mm -hmm. out of nowhere,
0: and I was like, wait a minute, and, and then, like, I, I would say a week after it was announced that it was coming out, I think it was, like, maybe three, three, four days later is when you posted that you were a part of the project, and I was like, Uh uh-huh, oh, this, this, this just got way better, (laughs) hold on, yeah, (laughs) so, like, in the end, like, you have uh, you're you're now working within the comic industry, of course, doing your voiceover work. There's a lot more animations that have been put out there lately. I mean, shoot, I'm I, of course I'm a fan of DC animation and uh-huh. Marvel's animated projects and everything like that. The fact that Netflix is starting to to basically dive into a lot of like basically cult following comic books yeah. and turning the fact that this was turned into like an anime style
1: uh anime style tune just like yeah he did like 10 times better dude i would you know you asked me what what uh what i would love to do you know what, what kind of dream things that i i feel like i i'd like to jump into but if if netflix continues in this universe i would you know that would be such a cool thing if they did some original animation you know mm-hmm. it, it, i love that they're doing anime but like if they and, and you know what the style of of super crooks is just outstanding i love i love the animation and everything like that yeah. but i would i do i i i don't know that they would always come back to me but if they were to expand that universe and keep making you know you know jupiter's legacy animations i would hope that i get to continue to play that character man i can only imagine
0: but yeah. um the voice acting community, the one thing that I do see um amongst you guys on social media, whether it's uh Instagram or Twitter and everything like that, is that the you guys hold a big regard for each other and mm-hmm. you guys support each other consistently and constantly you basically uh you big up the actru- actress that basically got the the role for stone ocean and
1: everything like that mm-hmm. how yeah,
0: yeah. T- how tight is the camaraderie around the voice acting community
1: it it's really awesome i mean it's um this is a hard job as far as uh, keeping your morale up, right? We're always, like I said, what, 50, 60 auditions a week, you know, yeah. always feeling like we're on top of our game and then we're at the bottom of our game. And it's just like, th- there's a lot of ups and downs. There's a lot of unknowns, you know, you put your stuff out there and then you wait to see if somebody wants you, you know, that kind of thing. And it is so nice to have peers that are in the same boat people you can talk to people that can you know raise you up when you're feeling low or you know or be there to help celebrate when you're when you're excited about something and uh it's so cool that you know we you were saying at the very beginning we're all nerds right we all got into this because we love you know especially in the anime community most people got into it because they love anime and mm-hmm. you know same same goes for you know anything video games video games you know probably at the top of the list you know we all grew up playing video games and now we're in them and it's just it's so cool to celebrate that to know what that other person is feeling and then just to you know to have to have the support of the of this group and you know i'm sorry my mind's all over the place but it's even so cool to like like so i'm a huge futurama fan that's one of my favorite animations uh, of all time mm-hmm uh, and John DiMaggio is is Bender, you know, and and he's one of my favorite voice actors. And then to know that now I'm in Final Fantasy seven with him, like that's that's cool, you know. It's like <laughs> it's it's a small world, and we all support each other, and we all cross paths on projects, you know. There's there's no, there, I'm not gonna say there's no hierarchy, but there's a a lower barrier to entry when you're when you're at a certain level, we're all good, you know. We're all doing good work, right. and so you know, unlike on camera, like I said, it, theres it's not about how you look. It's not about, you know, how popular you are necessarily. It's about how you can perform. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in a game with John DiMaggio, you know, I mean, I'm the, 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 the other, the rest of the cast of super crooks. I mean, they're like, they're like anime royalty, like uh, Jonah Scott. And I mean, I'm going to not remember everyone off the top of my head, but like, my friends are myself and my friends we're, were hanging out with these people that have been doing it for years. You mm-hmm. know, it, it's, it's super cool. Dope,
0: man. Uh, yeah. What, what exactly, um, what does 2022 look like for you? Like as far as like the future projects that basically you're, you're working on going forward, if there's anything you can tell me uh, for, for, for this year, we're only
1: in January. <laughs> right. Um, well, I mean, something that we all know is, is common is the Jujutsu Kaisen movie. Um, Which I don't know if you've seen the trailer, but again, this art kid, like nothing gets me more excited than a like a really well animated, you know, movie or or, or right. Right. And and it's just uh, the studio that that does the animation just like took it up to the next level for this. Mm. Um, So that came out in Japan. I think it was right on Christmas Day. It might have been like the 24th or 25th. Correct. And and it is the number two highest grossing movie of all time in japan and the the number one highest grossing movie of all time in japan is is the demon slayer movie that came out last year right um so that's coming uh, i i don't have any information to give you other than that i know i mean we're going to be we haven't started recording or anything like that but it, it's coming and so I, that's that's a huge part of my 2022 i'm really hoping that uh that you know the uh the infection rates of, of covid and stuff are down to to a lower level so that when when that's ready to premiere uh we can get a big premiere and we can i mean cuz you know the my hero movie and and demon slayer and and you know all that sort of stuff they got some pretty cool big hollywood premieres and it's and dope. i would love i would love to do that you know it'd be super fun you know like I said we're all friends and and my buddies are you know the rest of the cast of Jujutsu Kaisen it would be so cool to experience that with them and and you know go and and have some sort of big Hollywood premiere um you know so that's a big part of my 2022 for sure um you'd be surprised at how quick everything works though I mean I don't know I don't know what's happening next month you know that there will be work next month but you find out right before, you know, sometimes you get a a call the night before, Hey, can you be here to record tomorrow? Right. Um, so, you know, there's some exciting things, but, but, uh, we'll have to wait and find out what it is.
0: Dope man. Well, Hey, Matthew, I appreciate you doing this with me. This has been super fun. (laughs) I mean, I'm glad I got it. I'm glad I finally got a chance to actually like talk to you for, for a decent hour. And this, this, to be honest, it was a learning experience because a lot of the questions that I asked, I had no idea what what exactly right. to to know uh, about your profession. I've mm-hmm. I've had like, uh, I guess, inclinations about how I saw uh, the community and how it worked, how the profession worked as a whole. So most of the stuff that you, you're you telling me is like I'm, I'm still trying to like wrap my head around it. I was like, this this is some cool shit.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, no, and and you know we talked about me a lot, but we gotta we gotta do another uh, another podcast at some point just talking comics.
0: Not a problem, man. Anytime, any <laughs> time, anytime. anytime. Yeah. But um, hey, from myself, James Grand Mass Facts Boys. This is Matthew David Rudd. Thank you everybody for joining me, and we are out.